615 presents Off the Record with Tom Lamore and Cami Fox. Off the Record 615. Off the Record. Yes, guys, welcome back to 615 presents Off the Record podcast. I'm Tom Lamore, aka Tom Delips, and I'm joined by my co host. Cammy Fox. Yes, people, how are we doing? So we've got a special guest on today's show. Goes by the name of Jack Sprigg. Christ, how are you doing? First time I actually call by my own name. I've got more <laughs> names in the Bible normally. Well, I was going to mention this. So there's Jack Sprigg, the Spriglet, Sprig Dingy, Jackson, and then my favourite, Jack Frost. Well, Jack Frost. What can I say? I, I call you Spriglet. I'm yeah, I'm alright with that. I've mentioned that before. Jackson, right Jackson, when you've done something wrong. Yeah, it's fine. Sprig I'll get a Sprig dinghy when we're having a bit of banter. Sprig dinghy. And then Jack Frost when you've when you've uh, ruff, rustled, you. the, rustled the feathers. Upset you, yeah. <laughs> so how are we doing? I'm all right. Are you? Good. Are you yeah, good? good. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. I've been nice waiting. Nice to have you on. <laughs> so let's get to it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jack Sprig. What you do, who you work for, who you represent. I'm obviously Jack Sprig, DJ slashed cameraman. Join us. Tricky period. Um, obviously, work for six fifteen. There's not much more. I'm quite a boring character, if I'm quite honest. I'm not, but you're not boring. I know no, you're not boring, man. I'm just a man down of to many earth. talents. Down to earth. Well, to be fair, I started DJing because I'm a failed event manager. If I'm quite honest, money lost loads of money on my events. So I thought I'd start DJing, bought a set of decks, and this is where I am. How long have you been DJing? Four, five years. Is that That's it? it? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No way. I only started when I was See, 21. <laughs> I think Jack's a great DJ. Very skilled. Oh. Technically good as well. That's all right for five years. I must admit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I've known you for that long. I know. Mate, I only started DJing the first year I met you. Wow. In Lancaster. Well done. That's it. That's See, right. there, we learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. Cammy seems, seems really surprised. Cammy's speechless. <laughs> I thought he was going to start ripping into him. But <laughs> oh, yeah. for that. I, I remember when. All of a sudden, I've got respect after five years. Yeah, I was like, respect. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember meeting you when you was a, like, the promoter boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I started being a promoter yeah, boy no, and then I started DJing. Yeah. He was a proper promoter boy. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh as Yeezys on, he had the cap yeah. backwards. Street like, corner going, hi guys, you fancy yeah. two four tram shots? Tram tonight, <laughs> tram tonight, I'll get you in though. Street corner, five it, quid though. It, it wasn't tram though, Cammy, but <laughs> <laughs> nice try. What sort of promotional work were you doing? It was literally street. <laughs> yeah. It was street corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I know also that you do, you know, you're doing a lot of the film work and stuff and you know, you know quite a bit of stuff about the live well, stream. To be fair, that kind of, this period has allowed me to revisit a hobby that I've had quite a while. Um, so like we started streaming 2017 mm. and I did a charity stream for Dimension. We got like 150,000 views across 24 hours, which was quite impressive. So we thought we'll make it into a company. Then that's when Will brought me on board to do the unit sessions. Started doing like a lot of events in Lancaster and Manchester and stuff. And obviously when Facebook tightened with the restrictions, we stopped. Yeah. That's hence why I started pursuing the DJ more. Yeah. Will was begging me to come onto the books for a good three years. <laughs> I just never thought it was the right time. Yeah. Um, and then 2017, I was like, right, I'll take this more seriously now. Signed, and then 
never really looked back if I'm quite yeah, honest like, it seems long, longer than that 2017 I signed I yeah. do remember how many meetings we had though we had yeah I'm sorry I made, it, I made it hard I wanted to be the man in demand <laughs> for once are you coming on or not was I in any of them 500 meetings nope <laughs> <laughs> it was literally Good. Will Dax Cammy. Right. I was like well if you don't want to sign I don't want to sign yes. we went around the block <laughs> you know it is if it was Tom it would have been one meeting I know, right yeah. you signed yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sold let's get straight to it actually I suppose we go on to um, the uh, well we'll get we'll address the current climate as well within the, within this section of the pod but first tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've faced within the industry as a whole I think the, the biggest challenge at the moment like when you're starting out in the industry it's being taken seriously it's like there's a lot of people who can pick up a set of decks and go right I'm a DJ but it's the actual being able to read a crowd it's the actual being able to formulate a night being able to start from the start going to peak time and then ending it and I think that's probably one of the things that I focused on more when I started DJing was rather than playing peak time I would get the main slot sorted so like if the warm up for me is like I think I've said this quite a lot to other people but the warm up is the most important thing of a night mm. so if you don't warm the night up right people go right I'm going he's already played the biggest tracks half ten yeah. at night yeah. and that's how I think that's luckily that's I think how I got a lot of respect from a lot of people because they could trust me and go Jack will do a job and then slowly and I started getting on lineups a bit more and I think it was 2016 was the main time that I actually got my biggest gig and that was it was a grad ball for Lancaster Uni I'd obviously been doing the Sugar House their student union and they said oh right, we've got a slot on the lineup available you'll be playing after Sigma and then that for me is when it kind of started to dawn that this actually could be a job properly Yeah. and then three years after that I was still doing it every year so like it was Professor Green Danny Howard mm. um, did a couple of gigs in Blackpool, Sigala, Blackpool Rocks, like people like Lethal Bizzle, Craig David, etc., just in little rooms. But it all adds up. So, like, you talk about a CV, but on a CV, when you can say, like, you've been on the lineup with these kind of people, like, you both know that. Mm. But when you can put them people next to what you've done, you get a bit more credibility. Yeah, yeah. And then that's obviously when I met Will first. And Will, for me, was like, I don't want to big him up here because his head will go. <laughs> Sorry, but, big enough, come on. <laughs> no, all right, calm down, Cammy. Let's leave it out. No shade today. Um, Will, I always looked at Will like that's the person I want to be in Blackpool. Then when I actually met him, he was like, hmm, he's actually quite down to earth. So then we started talking, and I was on gigs with him at Revs, and that's how I met you and Dax because yeah. you used to do Revs. And it got to the point where it was like, right, fancy joining. And obviously, I dragged my feet, like we've said, yeah. 500 meetings. Oh, why not? And then from there, honestly, I never looked back. It's probably the best thing about. I think the thing is it's the security of having some like a team around you knowing that if you were to have like a bit of a wobble it's not going to be detrimental on your career yeah and you can go to people and go right yeah that's fine we'll sort it out mm. and that's why I, I honestly don't regret signing for 615 ever is that what you want is that, is that the podcast friendly answer yeah <laughs> yeah that's podcast friendly mate. that's, that's the real answer we're about <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know we've talked about some like some of your uh, challenges within in, within the industry but if I ask you it again uh, just to see I just, I'm just interested to see your thoughts actually being involved quite heavily with, with us now and seeing a lot of stuff over the last few years is there anything else within our industry and I, I'm going to leave it open to a bit more of a wider thing than just specifying events because we've had people on the pod where we, it's been really they've been just on the events piece about weddings or 
um, private events, corporate events area. But I've always mentioned the bar and club thing as well. So is there anything you can tell people that within the industry and the time you've worked in it, any challenges you've faced or anything that you think, you know, that's been tough? I think the biggest challenge is going in the respect of the, the venue operator or the manager. Like for me, that's one of the things that before I signed for you is when I was going into a new venue... I would always try and strike up a relationship with the person who was in charge so that you would have the respect that if something wasn't right, they would come over to you and say, like, listen, Jack, this isn't the right kind of vibe or it's way too early for this. Or And then that, at that point, it helps you as a DJ, it helps you as an artist, it helps you as an event planner. So feedback is the greatest thing because if you don't get the feedback and people just go, we're not getting back, mm. you never learn from your mistakes. And that's the whole thing all the way through life as well. Like... For me, as you both know, I properly think about everything I do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I don't like going into a gig blind. I like to know at this point, this is not we normally play, and this is this is like a winning formula. And I know obviously you can't live your life by that because obviously gigs change day by day, and who's in and who's not. But if I've got a, a basis to work around, I'm a lot yeah. more comfy. Yeah, yeah. But I do think the industry's changed so much in even the two years I've been with you, like. I my dissertation. So I did an, I did an event management degree, and I my dissertation was about the change in structure of the nightlife, how it moved away from nightclubs into late night bars. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to see like three, four years on now, this is how it's playing out. Yeah, there was a big transition. Nightclubs was a well, certainly now even more so. It's yeah, it's a bit of a dying trade, sadly. I um, think, yeah, they're either massive, aren't they? Like you've got your warehouse, yeah. where it's a huge event, and it's not every and it's but it's not like a regular club night that you used to say like when I was younger and I was living in Preston or near Preston Tokyo Joe's at the time which obviously uh, Luminar Leisure or whatever Delsit now is but even then that goes to show that it's the group's changing you know the brand of that club changed numerous times over the years but that was the place to go or end up there or um, what was the same what's the other place in in Preston the one down near Max Bar is it called that no it was called New York New York wasn't it Tom I'm not being disrespectful but I think you've got a good seven years oh Oh, right 22 come on uh oh Uh, yeah so that's showing my age a bit I mean I'm not but (laughs) I suppose that that life was that was that was the done thing it's changed now hasn't it it's the same in Blackpool like Cammy will tell you because obviously you've both been playing in Blackpool like we had a couple of big clubs that were really big. What was the and big the big one called? Syndicate. Yeah. Then it went to Sunuk. Yeah. Which I know you've both played at. And then everything yeah. changed because Revolution opened. And then from there, Revolution kind of had the monopoly on the town because no yeah. one else only went anywhere else. So. Revolution's like that safe bar yeah, of brand that if you go in any town or city and you're unfamiliar with it, it you'd gravitate towards that because it's walk safe. About, a lot walk of about Revolution. Yeah. Yates's. That's like the three. If you can recognise it, you go to. But here's a question, right, sidetracking slightly, and just to see what your opinion is. Why do you think, so, you know, big brand, neighbourhood, probably quite well known, uh, certainly for our listeners, because they'll know that we've played there for a a good five, six years since, pretty much since when it opened, and that our relationship with them has developed quite considerably there. They're a late-night venue, but they're also, it's a dining experience. So you've got... The bar restaurant vibe, which is what you were just mentioning then about that shift in in the patterns. I, I've got an opinion on why I think it's shifted, but what do you think? I think personally, it's because people aren't interested about going out anymore and just listening to 
blasting music. I think it's all about the social side of it, like the lifestyle side of it. So, like, I think social media's got a massive part to play in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you look this obviously. It, you look at play, people who put stuff on social media. They like having the feature wall. So you've got your Dirty Martini Angel Wings, you've got the Angel Wings at Neighbourhood Leeds, you've got yeah. the S Happen sign in Manchester, or what yeah. was there in Leeds. Yeah. People like being seen in certain places. Yeah. And I don't think the element of going out and getting sweaty and all this, like it was in the 90s and the early 2000s when you go out and listen to your trans and your house music, people go out in like, scru- not scruffy clothes, but s- like social clothes, yeah. smart cash as it yeah. was, and you just get messed up. Yeah. Whereas I think now it's a lot more. If you, if you if your venue's not Instagram friendly, I feel like it's not going to do as well as it should do. Everything's got to be for the gram. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, looking at Mission, Mission's gone. I mean, obviously that's because of the financial situation now. But mm-hmm. when Mission opened, everyone you saw was at Mission, or the DJs played at Mission. It's the same in Blackpool. Like Revolution, when Revolution first opened, people wanted to check in at Revolution Blackpool because it was their place they to like be. The association, yeah, of course, it they? is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly why it's changed. I also think there's obviously, there's a darker element to it, like, sadly, the, the narcotics thing, that the people do, don't feel comfortable going into certain venues because they can't do certain activities. But other than that, I think it's all for the gram. Yeah. The marketplace is still there for the late night stuff, as, as we can quite see from the success. Of, of people, yeah, of, yeah. But it's all, I don't think people necessarily want to do that every weekend anymore. Mm. And I mean, I've got to agree with you, my thoughts exactly are the shifting trend is, is, at first I thought, is it a level of like maturity? Is it people that have been of our era that have sort of been out and done it and then thought, oh, do you know what? It's not for me anymore that I want to sit down, have a bit of food and then listen to music, have a good time, but sit at a table yeah. and get table service. But I do think the main factor is probably uh, Instagram. Maybe not so much Facebook, but Instagram, yeah, where they want to get the image. They want to have the association that they're showing off, or not necessarily showing off, but showing Plus, that they're living that lifestyle. The I think the yeah, lifestyle the bottle, thing. The bottle culture changed it all as well. Yeah, yeah. When you think about yeah. the bottle culture, when people go out now and spend 200, 300 quid on a bottle, it gives so people you, that 15 seconds. Of course it does. Of and fame. I know. Do you feel like a shift? Sorry to interrupt there, but when you just mentioned the bottle thing, do you think that that's been influenced from overseas? Because I always saw a, a massive influence from Dubai. When you look at when Dubai they and you look at. In, they brought the daytime. You drinking. look at the places like Pakistan in, L, in Las Vegas and all yeah. the big clubs in America where it's all table service, mm. where you've got to put thousands down just to get into the club. Yeah. I think a lot of operators over here have gone, oh, we could try and do that. Yeah. It doesn't work everywhere. No. And I can say for a fact that Blackpool has, Blackpool obviously is a, a micro economy f- for what I'm experienced to. There's only certain venues that can pull it off. Obviously, Neighbourhood have smashed it because they got the whole. Yeah. But th- that's America. It's America. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. You know, that, that brunch concept, which obviously technically doesn't make sense because brunch is before lunch or sort of overlapping and a lot of these brunch events start in the afternoon at like two three o'clock it's in in dubai they don't they start at 10 in the morning so that's where that concept's come from because it's a it's a daytime drinking thing um i do think there's a lot of influence from overseas that's pulled us in that direction over here plus in certain places like dubai then brunch events are the only place you can actually drink at yeah. So people go to them because they can let the hair down. Yeah, yeah, because they're in the hotel yeah. complexes and stuff. Exactly. It's uh, yeah, it's we, it's an interesting one because it's again lifestyle was a key word that you mentioned there, and it is about that as well. So, let, moving on from that, 
Um, where do you see the industry going? <laughs> well, the pessimistic on me, the optimistic side of me thinks next year will absolutely boom and you won't be able to get a table anywhere when the nightclubs are reopened and all them. But I have a horrible feeling that hopefully I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. The short term, the short term boom will not cover the long term loss that these venues have made. Like the economic side of me thinks that the, the short influx of money that will be in the venues will not be able to compete with the money that they've lost this year. Yeah, and I think you'll see a lot. Of, sadly, I think you'll see a lot of venues that aren't financially sound now. Sadly, go. But I hope I hope I'm wrong because that'll involve a lot of people. But I do think when Boris says right, nightclubs are back open, social distancing is down to whatever it's down to. I think people still be a bit like, is it really yeah. safe to go out? I, I, again, I, I agree. Unfortunately. That, um, and I don't, I'll, I'll ask Cammy his thoughts actually because whilst we're on this point it's actually quite interesting to discuss it because we haven't discussed it in that much detail although we have asked other guests about this in the past and stuff we look at the, the current climate now and the fact that and I, I hate the media at the minute I really do um, and I think they've got a lot of, they're accountable for a lot of things uh, but this new norm type attitude is well I find quite distressing really yeah. because I must admit I've I've come to grow to be able to like being at home and I think if I'm I, I mean I've spent a lot of my life in out, out on the scene I was I think I've, I've probably counted up maybe on my hands and t- on my fingers <laughs> and toes the amount of Saturdays I've had off since 2003 yeah. right mm. it's probably no more than 20 and that's not a joke that's probably that oh, in, no. in 17 years and you've had 20 you've had 20 Saturdays off now till since March yeah and, and, and <laughs> so. you know what and that goes for people spending more quality time with family and friends in a close environment mm. rather than going out and, and I know people enjoy going enjoy going out and I'm I'm not for a minute suggesting that that's gonna we're gonna lose that mm. I certainly see mixed opinions I think social media uh, portrays a lot of the uh, the positivity and yeah. a lot of the optimistic opinions, which kind of blurs the overall statistics for actual real people's thoughts. Because yeah, out of ninety percent, probably don't voice their opinion online, and the ten percent that do are the ones that are confident to do so. So you do get a, I feel, you get a very pigeonholed view on yeah. what the actual economy is saying and, and, the, and the, what the public is saying yeah I, I'd have to agree with you and I think because I've grown up in not I've grown up in a business so I know how business trends work I mean obviously it's only like a shop but I can see how people like to be fair luckily we've been an essential through all this so we've stayed open all the way through yeah so that's we're really lucky but I've noticed as soon as the bigger shops have the bigger shops have opened we've lost a lot of business because people forget about who was there when you needed them and I think sadly that'll be the case with I hope I'm wrong like I said I hope I'm wrong but I feel like people are going to shirk going to nightclubs because they know that if they can social distance on the table of six in a bar yeah and I think your table culture will stay. I think that the new norm isn't necessarily the new norm. I think it's just the way it was going anyway, if I'm honest. Yeah. The the dance the dance floors won't be lost because ultimately everyone's going to want to party with their friends. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All I'm saying is, it, is that it may, like you say, have a long-term effect on reducing the numbers yeah. of people that are going out on a weekly basis or even twice a month. People that go out every week may drop that to... 
every couple of weeks. Yeah. People that go out once a month may go out once every two months. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Um, because it, you've been forced into this. And the recovery period won't be instant. I don't feel no. either. I don't feel we're going to recover. As soon as they say, like we said yesterday, green light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we were chatting about that and... It's oh, I don't know the green light thing. It's just like, is everyone gonna gonna go on the green light, or are some of them just gonna sit there? It's and like, go, I'm gonna wait and see what happens. I think when these guys. I get think it's like when you're in a race, isn't it? Like, so you yeah. get you get the guy in the BM, Cammy, a light. He'll race off. Me, me and smart. me and the, me and the family car who probably stalls. Like you'll have people going zooming straight into a nightclub, and you'll have me going. Mm, not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, work wise, because I'll, I'll be in a box and I'll be safe or. Yeah. If necessary, I have to wear a mask. I don't mind. I mean, I've worn it all the way through. Yeah. I don't mind. But I think there's going to be a lot of people. I mean, to be fair, even Africa, my partner, she said, and we we obviously go to a lot of concerts and festivals and stuff. She said, I would not feel comfortable now going back into a large crowd. Yeah. Like, go. We went to Ultra and it's like a hundred thousand people in a in a capacity, and you're like, you have no idea where the other nine ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight people yeah, yeah, have been. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, that's, that's what I was saying about the confidence thing I think it's going to take a while for that to get out yeah. of your mind I think it's ingrained in people's minds at the moment and you see it walking through yeah. the street people moving to one side or crossing the road to yeah. move I mean if they're doing it in the street outside it's going to do like, it in the bar well, yeah, but, yeah but are they going to even go to a bar if they feel that uncomfortable walking down the street and moving out of your way I, I don't I think it's a case of playing it by ear yeah I mean listen we have to look on the positive and think let's Next let's year's, just knuckle yeah. down next year's going to be booming yeah, let's, just, let's yeah. just leave it in our heels and, 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 positive vibe yeah, people yeah. I know yeah what's up yeah so we'll move yeah. on and, and um, speak about potentially some well it is a little bit more positive and I know that this uh, this this question in particular we focus on with everybody during busy times when you have been really busy so cast your mind back you know I know we've not been <laughs> that busy at the moment cast your mind back you're busy you're stressed uh, you know you might be you might be anxious you might be whatever it is how do you deal with um, because mental health is a big thing and we speak about it on every single pod that we've done and everybody comes with a different answer mm. that might be from experience or lack of experience whatever so how do you personally deal with stress and anxiety let's say truthfully this this period has actually made my mental health a lot more positive um, you both know I'm quite a big advocate for mental health but like for me it's all about routine so like if if I've had say if we if we if I've got a gig Friday Thursday Friday Saturday or Friday Saturday every week in a month I know for a fact that on a Tuesday or a Wednesday I'll do a music download and I'll prepare for the weekend I'll download the first dance or all the requests then I've got that nailed and down and I think with the mental health it's all about routine if you've not got a routine little little niggles will start to get you down more and I think. I've contradicted myself there quite a bit because I've had no routine during this period, but I've had nothing to worry about either. Work-wise, I mean, personal stuff, yeah, but work-wise, I've had nothing to really worry about. All I've got to do, is, sadly, is just sit and wait for a gig to go in because other people have lost their wedding days, they might have spent multiple thousands. The stress is there, sadly. Yeah. But I do think mental health... In this industry, mental health is probably the biggest, biggest thing because of the late nights, yeah. lack of sleep... Yeah. You're not eating well. Yeah. COVID waiting aside. <laughs> COVID waiting. You know, um, <laughs> when a, a niggle does come in, so you've got this routine, which is fine, but obviously routines don't always go to plan, do they? 
How would you deal with that? Let's say you get a last minute request, something changes. You've got yeah. Jack, I need you to want a gig in 20 minutes. Exactly. Cheers, Cammy. Bye, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you um, process? Struggle, to be quite honest. And I'm not going to lie. Um, I struggle because I, I like... It's weird. It's like a footballer. Like, before a match, he'll warm up and he'll get himself into that frame of mind. If I can't get my frame myself into a gig frame of mind, I'll go and I'll feel really underprepared. Because I like, like I said, I like the routine. I like mm. knowing how certain things are going to go. And all right, yeah, sometimes it's a downside because you can't do that every gig. But I, I am a properly well-organised person when it comes to gigs. Mm. Because when I was starting out, I wasn't. I just used to play it by ear and just yeah. off the cuff. And stuff would break. Hard drives wouldn't work and yeah, stuff. It, yeah, exactly. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. But that's the one thing I think I do more is I worry if I'm not worrying. And I think if I worry, it won't happen. But it's fight or yeah. flight. It, you don't, when it happens, your, in, your intuition just kicks in. But that, that can be how an anxious mind works, can't it? Of course you, it is, absolutely. You worry, you're not worrying, but yeah. you don't want to worry. Yeah. It's like, you go, it's how like do I get yourself? <laughs> like, when you get yourself in that vicious cycle of worrying about something yeah, yeah. And, and feeling, like, up to the point, and I mean, I will say this from, from personal experience, is that one thing that used to get me is that I'd be worried about having a panic attack in public uh, that was my biggest fear and it made everything 10 times worse yeah, I've got scenarios that I can remember that'll stick with me forever when I've been I was in America with Laura and her dad we went out for a meal and I could not eat my food I couldn't swallow I was that anxious for no reason other than not letting her dad think that I was panicking yeah. and coming across like, well, we've, like both, we've been like on gigs together soft, you know what I mean because her dad's mega yeah like he's strong-minded. He's a he's a, you know he's he's one of my best mates as well as my father-in-law. We get on so well. Respect him. And you're looking. I remember thinking, oh, like get a grip of yourself. Like and it, I, I bet I had it. Honestly, I couldn't even I couldn't even eat soup. <laughs> like I didn't even have to chew that. <laughs> it wasn't that. I was just eating it. Tell me okay. And then I, I always have to like. One thing that I find, and I'm just talking about, I'll stop talking about myself in a minute. One it's thing, one thing I find it's okay. <laughs> is that I've probably not discussed on any of the pods before is how I've sort of. I used to do a thing when I'm eating public where I get up and go to the toilet quite a lot. And, and Laura used to be like, What are you doing? I was like, Oh, I just, I, I, don't know, I've just I just had, you know, too much, I've just drunk stuff. And you, but the reason I did it is because I had to take myself out of that space because it used to close in on me. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't cope with this. I'm, yeah. And I'd just get up and walk off, go to the toilet, take a deep breath try and calm down and come out and I always it was getting out of that vicious circle of feeling like that mm. and the one thing that gets me out of it is keeping busy Yeah. which is why I thought during this period I hope I don't start to struggle a bit like getting anxious about the worries of running the business having no gigs in um, and for whatever reason I'm coping with it and not worrying about it which is bizarre because I haven't really stressed myself out too much about anything to do with the finances of the business or anything like that is been keeping busy yeah, like yeah. either with this content stuff doing some recording coming up with some ideas or looking after little ones a bit more yeah. new baby hearing how other people deal with it as well yeah and then speaking to people which again it comes up on everyone because I know me and you have had these chats in well depth. that's I was just about to say I'm sure we've been on gigs and I've looked at you and gone and you you know full well what's going through my mind and you're like just calm down it's fine and you, uh, there's a point when I think there was a, there was a, there was a bar gig last year and I just looked at you and you went you're fine 
what, what's up? And I was like, well, I just don't feel like I'm playing the right thing. And you're like, you're fine. But at that moment, the, the literally the venue was closing in on me and I could just feel myself getting more and more anxious. And I think that's the point when you've got some of that around you, you can go, all right, yeah. okay, fair enough. If he thinks, if he can see it. I think to be fair, Tom, some of the conversations we've had have helped me probably stay sane whilst being signed. Like there's certain gigs I find really anxious, like anxiety inducing, mm. which we've all we've both discussed. But to have someone like that on your side going, listen, it's okay, you've done well, is really like relieving. And I think the whole point of doing what I've done during this time with the streams and the the stuff that we've recorded and that's because I wanted to keep myself busy but also it's because I've been able to revisit a hobby and that hobby is something I've always wanted to do and it's something I've always wanted to do after DJing because I'm under no impression that I'm not going to be a DJ when I'm 35 and onwards that's that's no disrespect to the people who are but it's what I would feel comfortable in like I wouldn't feel comfortable going into a nightclub at say 38 and doing a set because I just I just feel out of place. Being able to be like behind a camera or I'm, I'm nearly at that age. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's different. It's it's people's opinion, isn't it? Like yeah. I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable unless I was to carry on like doing like technically in five years time throwback night will be R&B from 2010 like and that's going to feel really weird because I just graduated at that time yeah. so I do I do get it and I think it's been, this this period for me has been able to explore a lot of ideas that I'd had and that's because of you and Dax and Cammy and everyone going right there you go it's yours run with it yeah. and I think it's allowed me to be creative stay on the ball I mean, yeah, all right, at times I've been sick, of, sick to death of seeing a camera because mm. <laughs> it's been non-stop for like nearly 16 weeks now. But when you think about where as a company we've gone from the first streams in your garden to doing something with a virtual background or a virtual gig or... Yeah. it's We've come quite a long way in short space of time and that's because little brain, like little things I've thought about, you've gone, well, there you go, crack on. Yeah, yeah. And then you've allowed me to do that and I can't thank you both enough... Yeah. Because it's allowed me to ca like carry on doing something I love. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And you need that, right? Well, we'll, uh, Thanks, Corona. <laughs> yeah, COVID. Moving on. Yeah. So moving on. Like I know you've already brushed up on it, but like I know you've the way you've obviously met us all was for obviously through Will. But how how did you obviously come across? Was anyone else who introduced you to Six Fifteen? Um, so I was throwing an event at Sanuk. Um, and it was the last one before it shut down. Mm. And uh, Will came because he knew the DJ who we'd hired from the venue. So Will did a set at our event years ago. Um, and that's when I just met Will. And then obviously I met him from just going out and being around the same people. And I think it was a point where Will had signed for 6.15. And he said, oh, I'm doing these gigs, I'm doing this gig. And I was like, wow, yeah, sick. And then he was like, well, the time, I'm sure the time will come. And then it, I think it got to about 20, so I started 2015 DJing. Had a year 2016, I think that's when I first met Will. And he was like, right, do you come on board? And I was like, mm, but... Mm. And I was very loyal to the promoter that I was working for at the time. Mm. Um, and I was getting the right opportunities. And then there was a point where I've never, been, I've never ever been money motivated at all but there was a point where I was like right well I can't carry on I need to kind of make this a career or I get a proper job and do this as a side side hustle mm. um, and then Will's like right come and join and obviously alright as Cam mentioned yeah. before the yeah, 500 yeah, meetings yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I said it, I joined and then the first gig we did was 
with me, you and Dax in Portsmouth. Oh, yeah. That was the first gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, it was kind of just like, right, you're on this, you're on this, and you're on this. But I'll be honest with you, the first few months, I was like, oh, I don't have I made the right decision, have I done this? Have I? But that's because I wasn't putting the work in. Mm. And then when I sat down with, I think it was you and Will, and I was, and Will was like, well, you've got to put the work in to get, the, get it back out. And that's when my mindset completely changed. You only get out of what something what you put in. Mm. And that's how my whole, whole mindset changed. And then from there... It's a case of, well, yeah, fair enough, Jack. You've put the work in. Yeah. There's the gigs. Well, yeah. And you're here now, yeah? You're good. You're here yeah, now. I'm here now. I'm not a DJ, I'm a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so you've been with us for what, two, three years now? Four. That'd be three or four. Three in September, three in October. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So within that time, you must have uh, had some funny stories to tell us. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> you got any funny stories to tell? I've got any funny stories? No. Uh, not podcast friendly, Cammy, if I'm completely Surely honest. you've got yeah, some. No, I've got, obviously, there's just the funny stories, like obviously the one in Portsmouth when we've come through the departure lounge and obviously Dax's nickname being Harry Potter as the uh, the luggage he's thing. Not, whoa, 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 you've not said it right. And I, no, 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 Cammy, come on. He's not, he's Potter. not. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to thank you for Harry. The, the, the luggage thing opened, but as it was opening, Cammy went, Wingardium Leviosa, and the thing just lifted up and this woman... <laughs> And this woman next to him just looked at him like, oh my God, it's magic, it's real. <laughs> the timing of it was perfect. Um, but other than that, no, I've not, I haven't really got many funny stories because in situations like this, I always like to think I'm professional. Like, don't look at me like that. I mean, you've got much... It's all right, stay reserved. Whoa, 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 stay whoa, whoa. reserved. You've don't got... mention any fruit or vegetables here. Yeah, exactly. Cammy's scary fear of mushrooms being caught in the, in the unit because uh, we had a mushroom yeah. on a fork. Like, Who did that? Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Well, yeah, I'm sure you've got loads of funny stories. Which yeah. probably... I'm asking you. No, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to do an Ash Williams and ask you a question. So, what funny stories have you got? <laughs> You've been listening to the pod. Yeah, subtle drop from Ash season Williams one. <laughs> to be fair, again, a lot of the stories I have are not, like, podcast-friendly. And they no, do involve... You've like, just given the same answer as him. And no, it's answer. true, though. If I mention these, it will rustle some... Rustle, exactly, yeah. I mean, to be fair, we've had some... Okay, right, we're moving on anyway. We're going to move on from <laughs> that. What I'm saying is I'd be for... Yeah, exactly. We've, we have, oh, we've, I've seen... Yeah, yeah exactly, seen. exactly. <laughs> This is why it's not podcast friendly. Yeah, no, what no, happened? No, no. So you was yeah, ca- right, Cammy. <laughs> I'm awkwardly looking now at the cameraman, thing yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, we yeah. need to move on. Let's, let's get so, it." Right, we're moving on to the next section of the pod, which is the fun quick fire round. Plug <laughs> walk. <laughs> So you'll enjoy this, Sprig. Jesus Just give your answers as quickly as you can. We'll ask the questions. Boom, 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 boom. Let's do it, Cammy. Right, dogs or cats? Dogs, 100%. All right, you've got a cat as well, I'm just saying. Yeah, but she's a dog, she's like a dog, so it's fine. What's your favourite track of all time? Probably Underground Kings by Drake. <laughs> right, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm it's joking. a dark track, that, you know. Have <laughs> your favourite. Yeah, have you not met me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, all right, no, it's entitled. Let's not yeah. get bogged down with these track more than one word band. answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, the track by Habbo Fox. Your turn. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Plug, plug, plug. Go have a... Oh, wow. So what do you put in toaster? Bread. All right. Oh, toaster? <laughs> um, double O, double A. <laughs> so is, is Matt Groening, the writer and creator of The Simpsons, a time traveller? No. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. He just, he's just probably a, psych, a psychic. He can just read the future. Right, all right, we're going to go with the answer, but I suggest you look into it, people, if you're interested. Yeah. Matt we're going Groening. down a really dangerous rabbit hole. It is. <laughs> 
Drake or Kanye West? Kanye. Interesting. I'm dead. Mate, <laughs> Kanye 100%. Favourite throwback R&B record? Tamia and Fabulous, so into you. Nice. Well, that's a tune. That. that is a tune. Go on, Cammy, last one. <laughs> last one. Uh, Favourite movie of all time? Jack Frost. I'm joking, <laughs> <it's not. laughs> Which is an awful movie. <laughs> no, no. Um, probably, I'm going to go like. with The Hangover. I probably will go with The First yeah, Hangover. That is good, the First Hangover film. is timeless. Every time you watch it, it's hilarious. You look like it's a good. Disney guy to me, though. I, Do you know I'm, what a Dis- I'm a Disney guy. No, you look like a Disney guy. Like you'd, like you'd watch a lot of I don't know films. if this is, is there going to be a new nickname no. springing from no. this. <laughs> no. Hopefully. No. It's, um... yeah. Hopper? <laughs> Sorry. I've just had the funniest thought when you said Bugs Life then, but I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, we're going to call it there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that's it from us. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, Jack, for coming on. No worries, thank you for having Great me. Great speaking to you, some interesting stuff there as well. Thanks to Cammy for revealing everything from my past. It's all right. No, we're, that, we're, that is not everything. That's that is held back. I'm sure, we could, I'm sure we could yeah. have done a lot more damage. Yeah, all right. Okay. Pulled the carrot from the snowman. Yeah, but we're not <laughs> you pulled the carrot from the snowman. <laughs> Another Jack Frost related dig. Well done, Cammy. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to wrap it up there. So, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in once again to 615's Off the Record podcast. Thank you to Jack for joining us. Cammy, yes. where can he find us? Yes, you can find us all on socials, but first, make sure you give Jack Sprig a follow. I was going to say Jack Frost, DJ Jack, DJ Jack Sprig, S P R I G G. Yeah, no Sprig. S. There is an S. Yeah, but everyone calls me Jack Spriggs. Jack Spriggs. No. And, <laughs> <laughs> if you I thought you meant no S on the beginning <laughs> yeah. of Sprig. Jack Prig. Just I was like, that's, I've never heard anyone call you that. We're changing his name to Jack Frost, anyways. Um, no, we're not. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find all the links below. But obviously, if you are listening on Spotify or on iTunes podcast, you can find us on Off the Record. So yeah, go and subscribe. Yeah, sub- 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 subscribe. Not subscribe, as we found out. Can we be calling it with an S? Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> so that is it. Right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you again for tuning in. Keep sharing, downloading, listening, liking, commenting, watching. Watching, oh yeah, watching now. I always forget we, we, we go, we, we'll be on, Yo, YouTube, camera, on YouTube. Yeah, so that's it. See you soon. Bye. Six fifteen off the record. <laughs>